help this winter camp meeting. And people are excited about coming here. They're excited. And they're calling, so. We're going to have a good time in Jesus Christ. I'll guarantee you that. How many know there's no bad times with Jesus? There's bad trials, but there's no bad times. Because he gives you victory over every circumstance, over every situation. 2,000 years ago, the Lord looked down on us, his creation. <clears throat> and he was about to do something drastic, mighty, powerful. All these centuries, since the beginning of time, God's people have always walked with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always guided them, led them through the wilderness, performed mighty miracles in their midst. But 2,000 years ago, in the upper room in Jerusalem, something different took place. Jesus Christ was resurrected. First of all, he came, he died on the cross, and he resurrected. But before he left, he told his disciples to go into Jerusalem and tarry there. He said, you tarry there, wait there, until you're endued with power from on high. Before that, he gave them all kinds of commandments, and he told them what he wanted them to do. But I've known over the years that God never calls you to do something except he equip you to do it. Because you can't do nothing in this world in your own strength, your own power. You can't do anything of God without God. And God knows it. So he told them to go into Jerusalem and tarry there. And so the Bible tells us in the book of Acts in the second chapter that they went there. And they were all in one accord praying. And all of a sudden... As a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit came down upon all these people. They were gathered waiting faithfully. And the Holy Spirit lit upon each one of these disciples. And I want you to know that these disciples weren't, weren't any different than you and I. There was Peter and there was John and there was all the disciples, but they were merely fishermen, uneducated. Jesus' mother Mary was there, but she was only a young teenage girl. Afraid, confused like everyone else. They were living in a time when the Romans and everyone else was persecuting them. 
because they followed Jesus Christ. They were being martyred. They were being persecuted. They were being tormented. And they were afraid. So God said, I'm going to send them a little help. He told them to tarry there until they're endued. Endued means dressed. You don't want to go anywhere unproperly dressed. You don't want to do anything for the Lord unproperly dressed. Half dressed. So the Lord says, go there and tarry there until you're endued. Until you're dressed properly. And the Holy Ghost came as a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it lit upon each one of them. Now the Holy Ghost came for two purposes. The first purpose that he came for was to change you. You have to be changed before God can use you. Did you know that? I had to be changed before God could use me. Because I was no good. And there was no good in me. And there was no good in Peter and in John and any of the rest of them. So the first purpose of the Holy Spirit, when he comes into anyone's life, he comes in to change you. And if any, any, any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man or woman be in Christ, behold, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. Amen. You ever notice that? Old things pass away. That's what Dale was talking about. Old things pass away. The old Dale passing away. And all things are becoming new. So the Holy Spirit comes into your life. You have the inward experience. You ask Jesus to come into your heart and life whenever you did. You have the inward experience. And brother, I've been preaching for a long time that you can't have the inward experience without having an outward manifestation. You can't, you can't even contain it. If you ever genuinely repent and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, I don't know and care where you're at, but eventually it's going to burst forth out of you. Because it's joy unspeakable. It's an experience that nobody has ever experienced and nothing in this world could ever give you. It's Jesus Christ, it's the Holy Ghost and fire that comes into your life and you can't be quiet about it. You can't be a closet Christian when you're really born again. You can't be quiet about it. You'll have to tell grandma. You'll have to tell your husband. You'll have to tell your wife. You'll have to tell somebody. You'll have to shout it on the rooftop that something had happened to you. I met the master and he's alive and he's real. That's what happens to you. So the first thing anybody ever has to do is, is change. And did you know that's where the battle is? That's where the real battle is. This old person does not want to change. Oh, we want the blessings, amen? 
We want the healings. We want the blessings. We want the financial rewards. We want all these things from God. But we don't want to change. That's where the struggle comes in with every one of you. Everyone in the world had the same problem. They didn't want to die to their self. When Jesus Christ preached in this world, thousands came out. Amen? Thousands were there when he multiplied food. Thousands were there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But on the day of Pentecost, when they were in the upper room waiting, there was only about 150. Out of all the thousands, most of them didn't want to die to themselves. They didn't want to pay that price. They didn't want to change their environment, the place where they lived, the things that they did. They wanted to hang on to what they used to be, not willing to become that new creature. Huh? Anybody get hit yet? I'll preach to me then. Can you remember when you didn't want to change? Amen, I sure do. I said, I got God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, well, I ain't going to mention what I was. I might step on one of your little religious toes. But I had to change from religion. I always went to, went to church. I always went to religious schools. I was raised in it. So don't tell me about religion. I had religion, but I was drunk and lost and in drugs. Religion don't save nobody. Religion don't keep you and change you and make you that new creature. There's only one way to become a brand new creature, creation. And that's to be born again. By his spirit. Not by your religion. Not by theology. Not by any kind of doctrine of men. But by his spirit. His spirit makes you new and changes you and makes you a new creation. So the Holy Ghost had two purposes. One was to come down and change us and make us new. Why? So we can go out and be a witness for the Lord. Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall be my witnesses after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Huh? doesn't say after you go to Bible school or after you go to a seminary or after you, you, you join a church. He says after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, after you have that experience, I'll make you a witness. Then you can be used. Then you have this purpose in life. Our purpose after we get saved it's supposed to be to take it to somebody else. Aren't you glad somebody brought it to you? I'm so glad that some Holy Ghost filled man brought me the gospel in 1979 and told me about Jesus Christ. He brought me deliverance and salvation and he produced the proof that Jesus Christ was alive and, and real. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit in his life. He had the evidence. He didn't just bring me words, brother, but he brought me spirit. He brought me an experience. 
whereby I know that Jesus is alive forevermore. Go into all the world, Jesus Christ said to his disciples, and preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you always. I am with you, he said. Now how could he be with us if he went to his father's place? The Holy Spirit that's with us. Leading us and guiding us and anointing us. Yes, even these young children could be anointed to sing music unto Jesus, to be a witness. You don't have to be any certain age to be a witness for Jesus Christ. All you have to be is born again. Little children accept Christ into their heart and life. Grandma's 90-some years old accepted Jesus Christ in this ministry. I've seen them saved of all ages since I've been preaching. I've seen them changed. And in turn, they all tell others about Jesus. And the best place that you can ever tell anybody about Jesus Christ isn't in this church building. The best place you can come up here and testify isn't behind here. This is practice. This is telling somebody else that already knows Jesus about Jesus. Your job is supposed to be to go tell somebody else that don't have Jesus about Jesus so that they can have Jesus. That's our job. Came to change us so that we can go and change others. Peter and John in the third chapter of Acts, they went to the temple to pray. I think it's the third chapter. Yeah. See, after a while, you shouldn't need a Bible. It should be in your heart. I don't have to run over and quote. I know what it says already. Third chapter of Acts, Peter and John went to the temple to pray. Now, Peter and John were, were religious Jews. They just didn't just now go to the temple. They went to the temple a lot of times. They went to the temple many times to go and pray. But now they had this experience in the upper room. And they're not the same Peter and John anymore. They're not just fishermen. Because Jesus told Peter and them, you follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then he took them into the upper room and the Holy Ghost came down upon them. And they had an experience. Now they're going to the temple. I want you to know there's a whole lot of difference going to church saved and going to church not saved. Huh? You remember when you used to go to church and I'd say, Oh, we should hurry up. What part's he at now? Oh, they're just about communion. Well, it's about 10 minutes after that we're ready to go. Oh, we're done. You're not saved. You're not worshiping God. You're not alive. You had to drag yourself to church. Peter and John was the same way, but this time they were going to the temple to pray and worship God. And they were brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. They couldn't wait to get there to tell them what had happened to them. But something happened on the way in. They looked and there was a beggar man over there. Sitting by the gate. And imagine they went by this beggar man a lot of times. I mean, he was, he, he was his favorite place here, see? He must have knew that the, the Christians were supposed to be a soft touch. They had compassion, some of them. They would give to him. So he was sitting there asking alms of them when they went by. 
This time, I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Spirit in your life, you get in different kind of eyes. He gives you a different kind of eyes to see through. He gives you spiritual eyes. Did you notice that? Whereby everything looks better. Like I told you last Wednesday, I was glad California's pretty and all of Colorado's pretty. All these mountains in Utah are beautiful, but there's no place like home, I said. I think Wolf Point is beautiful. Are you crazy? You know why I think Wolf Point is beautiful? Because that's where God raised me up. This, where God is, that's where it's beautiful. I feel good where, where, where God is because he's with me, see. Lord, I'm with you always, even on to, this is where he raised me up and saved me. He could have saved me in California. He could have saved me in Chicago. He could have saved me in Canada. He could have saved, but this is where he saved me. This is home, see. Now he's given me a different kind of eyes to look through. He gives you spiritual eyes and he gives you natural eyes. Peter and John is walking in the temple. Different kind of eyes now. Different kind of a heart. They had a change of heart now. And they stopped and they looked at this man begging them, asking alms. And they went to him. They said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we bring it. We give it unto you. They knew their purpose, see. They knew that they could give it to him even outside the temple. They hadn't even gone into the church yet. But they knew that this is the will of the Father. That they could bring that this beggar man could have Jesus Christ right where he was. And that God so loved the world that he came to, to save a wrench like me. That he could lift me out of the miry clay. That he can take a beggar and lift him out of the miry clay. He can take a wino, a drug addict, somebody who's lost. He can take him and lift him up. And this was the evidence. Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we, 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 we give it unto you. And he took him by the hand, an act of faith. Faith is a fact, but it's also an act. He took him by the hand, and he lifted him off that ground. And God honored his faith. And he went leaping and jumping. He couldn't walk before that. He's like Mary, Marianne. He couldn't walk before that. He couldn't leap, but he went running into the temple with them. Now I want you to know that's the best evidence around. And somebody's genuine healed, like Bonnie's daughter-in-law. I used to have cancer, but it ain't there no more. The doctors can't find it no more. I ain't praying. See, there's not this name it and claim it, brother. Profess it and you have it. No. You get it, then you got it. That's God. Not name it and claim it. Walk by faith and you receive it. No. The evidence that you're healed, you go to the doctor and they'll confirm that you're healed. And you won't have to say, I prayed about it. And I'm, I still got this hurt in my life and, and all this is happening, but I know I'm healed. No. You're still hurt and you're not healed yet. The cancer's there, then you're not healed yet. Don't say you're healed when you're not healed. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give on to you. Lifting them by the hand. 
And he went leaping. Somebody who couldn't walk went leaping and praising God. And everybody seen it. I imagine there was revival in that little religious church that morning. Because they couldn't argue with the fact, see. It's like a lot of you, they can't argue with the fact. Ooh, like, you know, Bonnie's brother trying to discourage you. You know, this guy was supposed to be saved. The kind of person that's saved would tell his sister not to go to church. <laughs> discourage her. Bible tells us that there's two purposes. God wants you to take this out of the door. Quit worrying about what people think of you. That's your hindrance. On this reservation, in this town, in your families, quit worrying about what they think of you. And find out what God thinks of you. Find out what God wants to do with your life. Quit worrying about your reputation. You ain't nobody anyway. Yeah, they're all trying to be somebody. You know, I'm somebody. <laughs> somebody. You know, the Bible says Jesus was somebody. But he became of no reputation. And he took upon him this crown and he let him strip him and, and whip him and beat him. He became of no reputation. So humble yourself. That God has set everything that I will think that I am aside. I want to be like you. And I'm not going to worry about what grandma thinks or who, what my neighbors think or my old drinking buddies think or whoever this person is at work thinks of me. I'm going to worship you and praise you and I'm going to... Preach Jesus Christ to them whether they like it or don't like it. I'm going to be unafraid anymore to tell somebody about Jesus. I got nothing to worry about in this world. They didn't die for me on the cross. You did. Because I'll tell you something, people. Unless you get that attitude, you'll never get nothing done for God. You have to be willing to change. Allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Anymore, people think they don't have to live by this Bible and still make heaven. Lie number one. That's how Christians are today. I can preach to them blue in the face. They still think they, they're going to make it anyway, even if they don't do that or don't do this. Or they, can, they can still make, um, I'm still all right. <laughs> it's not true. This Bible isn't a, is a book of suggestions like George always says. This isn't a suggestion rule book. This is it. This is God's word. This is what you have to live by if you want to make heaven your home. The best pulpit that anybody could have is outside the doors. Your old friend sitting in the car. Go to their house and visit them. And they could say everything about you, but they can't argue with the fact that you're changed. And they could say everything about this church that they want to, but they can't argue with the fact that there's a bunch of rotten, no good, used to be people that's not that way anymore. <laughs> huh? And I'm not going to go per 
argue about my past. Yes, I was rotten. Yes, I was no good. Yes, I was all that you say, but what am I doing today? Oh, we don't want to see. They don't want to see that part, see. I defend you people all the time. Did you know that? I do. Well, so-and-so goes to your church, and he's still doing that. Yeah, well, God's still working on him. Well, he's still doing it. I said, yeah, sure. He's sure. He's still dying because he's coming from that old person. God wants to bring him to be this new person. And that sometimes don't take overnight. Huh? How many of you changed instantly overnight? Everything went away and you're just cool. None of you. But as long as you're willing, every time you hear a convicting word, do you pretend like you don't hear it? Pretend sleep? Huh? You don't want to hear it. Why don't you stay home? But if you come here, you're going to hear the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. He came to convict us of our ways, to tell us that there's a new way, to tell us that we don't have to be that way anymore, and to tell us to take the good news to our relatives and our families in this reservation. I don't care what nationality they are, what reservation they are, what kind of life they're living, Jesus is still the answer. Because God didn't send 15 ways. He sent one way. God sent one way. And Jesus is a savior of the whole world. And whosoever, all nationalities, whosoever call upon him, shall be saved. And the best evidence that anybody saved is they're changed. They're changed. So-and-so is saved. Yeah. Well, that's nice. That's what I think. See, when I first got saved, I was deceived by a lot of things because somebody carried a Bible and somebody said they're saved. I got all excited and I was expecting them to come walking into the church any minute. I heard they got saved. Something happened over here at this camp. They're going to, oh, they're saved. Then I wait. Then I wait some more. Did he get saved? Yeah, I heard it. Then I wait some more. Never did come to church. And the older I got in the Lord, the more I began to understand it isn't what you say anymore, what you do. If I get genuine saved, I want to do the things of God. Just automatic. I want to be where God's at. 
where's the next meeting? Where's, what's, what time's church start? I want to be there. I want to be there early. I heard they start singing about quarter two. I want to get in on that worship. I love worshiping God because my spirit just thrives on that now. I just love to be there. I want to do the things of God. What's going on, Pastor Ken? What, what, what are we doing next? What's coming up? Camp meeting's coming up next. By golly, I'd like to make an offering. I want to got to do some kind of contribution here. I want to do something to help. I want to be a part of God's plan. I just, I'm so excited about Jesus Christ. I love him with all my heart for saving me. Oh, hallelujah. Now that's changed. Huh? This is almost kind of a teaching moment here this morning. Somebody that's not changed, Bible don't mean nothing to them. Well, it says it, yeah, well, don't get too excited about it. You're supposed to do this, yeah, well. You see, it don't bother you to be disobedient if you don't have the Spirit. Because you don't get convicted when you don't have the Spirit. I'm just going to tell you one thing before I close. Christians walk in this world after you're saved. Christians walk by conviction. Remember that. Next time you feel like I shouldn't do that and nobody is around, know that the Holy Spirit's there. And you could live in any town you want to in this world. Go far as you can away from Wolf Point where nobody knows you and everybody looks different. And, well, nobody's around. I think I'll just do a little of this and you get convicted. You feel like somebody's watching you. I just don't work anymore. You know, one time I, 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 I went into the store in, in Minot, North Dakota, in the mall, and way back in this little place, there was a shop. And I went in there and I gave this woman a dollar for a candy bar, Snickers candy bar. <laughs> Sandy was walking around shopping, I was hungry. I went to candy bar, I gave her a dollar. She gave me a change for five dollars and I start walking out. I stopped about halfway down and oh my memory is about this long anyway. I, I don't think I gave her five dollars. I don't well maybe I did. I got clear outside in the car and I said, No. I said, No, sir. So I gotta go back in here, Sandy. I know I give this girl a dollar and she gave me a change for five. I'm gonna, she's going to get in trouble. It's going to show up on the... I walked all the way back into the mall, walked in there and told her. I said, you gave me a change for a five. I only gave you a dollar for this. I did not. I said, yeah, I gave you a dollar. You give me... I did not. She didn't want to be blamed. Person, the manager came on. What's the matter? Well, I gave her... A dollar, and she gave me a change for a five. Check the tilt. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. And I said, <laughs> but I, but my conviction. I could not go driving all the way home without I got away with something.
And it happened at Western Bank, same thing. Extra money, and I couldn't. The devil will try and test you. So Christians are supposed to walk by conviction. Walk by the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit will only use somebody who is walking and being willing to be led by His Spirit. He'll only use you to bring somebody else to Jesus. If you want to be saved, you want your family saved, you get saved. You be that example to them. If you want all your kids to be saved, you be saved. You show them how to do it. And I got another little short thing I want to tell you this morning. I listened to a preacher preaching about the family of God at church. He said, you ever hear people say, I'm tired of so-and-so? I'm, I'm tired of so -and sister so-and-so doing, I'm tired of this one, tired of that one. You know, you ain't gonna... <laughs> you can't get tired of nobody. You can't ever get to that position where you're tired of somebody here because you're going to live with them forever and ever. And how many know the Lord didn't get tired of you? Over and over and over and over and over. The many times that you fail God, He's never got tired of convicting you and drawing you back and loving you and comforting you and forgiving you again and giving you another chance. But chances are running out, people. Sandy said the worst thing about people is that they refuse to grow. Some of you just flat refuse to grow one inch. Because you won't take this word and apply it. It says don't, you do it. If you, you do it, and it says don't. You're just going in reverse in cycles of defeat, falling and falling and up and down and going in and out, and sick and tired. It just, your life is in ruin. Why don't you just yield to the Lord? Start the year 2000 fresh and anew. Get born again this morning again. Recommit your life. Decide to follow Jesus Christ and His Word, and it'll only bring you blessings. It'll only bring you peace. It'll only bring you joy. It'll bring you eternal life too. Father, I thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that Jesus sent the Comforter. He's the Holy Ghost and fire. Church without the Holy Ghost isn't a church. It's a religion. A person without the Holy Ghost isn't a Christian. He's just religious. But if you want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, repent of your sins. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and life. Wash me in your precious blood that you shed on Calvary. And I'll live for you forever. Give him your life. Then he'll use you. 
He'll change you. And He'll take you to heaven. Hallelujah. Serious commitments are ahead. Prices to pay. Conditions to be met. It's all your choice. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You make up your mind today. If this is your day, if you, you're trying to make it in your own strength, forget it. I want to introduce you to the, the way maker. He's the son of the living God. His name is Jesus. He's alive forevermore to make intercession. To carry your load. To supply your needs. He come forward. He'll fill every void in your life. Feel that void feeling that you have. When you try everything and nothing helps, Jesus can fill you. You come. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my 